more recently I shared this advice too is just get started with something. If it's buying a home, if it's creating your LLC and starting to tell people about what you're doing, just get going and who knows what will happen. Welcome to the San Antonio Business and Real Estate Podcast, where you'll find intelligence and inspiration to fuel your success. This is episode 003 of the San Antonio Business and Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Sanders, and today we are talking with Amber Gilbert. She's the director of Business at Brooks, which is a 1,300-acre mixed-use community here in San Antonio. She's also a Certified Commercial Investment Member, or CCIM, and Licensed Real Estate Broker. Amber, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. I want to take a second to congratulate you on being an honoree for the 2020 San Antonio Business Journal's uh, 40 Under 40 Awards. Thank you. I was I was blown away. I thought I was in trouble with all the text, <laughs> but it but it was pretty exciting and um, a, a great opportunity to share what we're doing at Brook. Yeah, absolutely. It was great to see you on stage there. I was there uh, cheering you on, so it was, it was really cool. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, so talk to us a little bit about you, kind of where you come from, your background, stuff like that. Yes, I have kind of an interesting background. My dad's a big German guy, and they were first generation here in the U.S. And my mom's a Spanish, uh, c'est la vie, life is good type. And I'm the oldest of four, and had I grew up around construction and real estate, and everything in our family was somewhat competitive. If we played ping pong, if we played Monopoly, it was always... Uh, who's going to win. So that was kind of the background that I grew up in. And I'm grateful for it because having the German kind of intense dad that, you know, failure is not an option. You know, what are you going to do with your life at the age of 10, you know, (laughs) was uh, a little intense. But then having my mom who was always like, enjoy your life. And, you know, who are you dating? Uh, it was a good balance, and sure. and so I think it's contributed quite a bit to who I am today. Yeah, that's perfect. We were just talking earlier about kind of making sure there's that balance in your life, and it sounds like there was a great balance between both of your parents. And there was, and you know, I look back on it now. I mean, I wouldn't change anything, but definitely uh, that intensity um, uh, of having the German dad. I think. Uh, helped me identify early that intensity is needed, but also you have uh, the you have to enjoy life. And I think not until more recently have I understood the enjoying part. And you got to make time for that. Yeah. All right. So you founded uh, First Texan Realty. Uh, yes. So tell us about First Texan Realty and, and kind of where you started that and and its story coming up leading up to that. Yeah, so I was living in Dallas. Uh, I went to SMU and ended up getting nearly a full ride for golf in college. And while I was in Dallas, I worked for a broker there, and they had a lot of success in commercial real estate. And ultimately, I was doing a lot of business in Dallas, but then opened up their company in San Antonio. While I was in San Antonio, the broker that I worked with He decided that he didn't want to stay really in that space. He wanted to open up a bar in Dallas. And so it was just a perfect opportunity. I was already opening up the shop in San Antonio to start my own business. 
and really, um, you know, do look at the future of where I wanted to see myself. Um, I knew I wanted to be in real estate um, and no one would really hire me to have their own company, you know, be part of their company in terms of commercial real estate, which is what I ultimately wanted to do. So I thought it was a good opportunity to start my own company. And what I mean by that is when you uh, interview with a lot of commercial shops in San Antonio, at least at the time, they're like, what do you want to do? Do you want to do office? Well, you can only do office leasing. And I wanted to dabble in a lot of things. And so it was a good opportunity to get my CCIM and start moving in the direction that I wanted, which I knew I wanted to do a little bit of everything on the commercial to then specialize in something. I see. So you kind of wanted to do everything at first, kind of get an idea for what you like and then specialize later. Is that correct? Yes. And also uh, a lot of the commercial shops that I was speaking with at the time, they were also saying, okay, you need to get some more residential experience or you need to get some. And I just didn't get a feeling in those interviews or talking to people that I was going to get what I wanted from that process. And so um, my family was in construction. I knew I could start doing some deals immediately. And I'm someone that I learn best by doing. And so sitting in an office, doing leasing all day, I didn't feel like I was going to get the experience I wanted quick. And sure enough, it was the right choice. Because as I started my own business and I got my CCIM, I could start putting together deals. Now, I may not have known everything. I didn't know how to uh, buy an apartment complex or run all the financials, but I knew people who did. And so I got together with them and was able to put together packages early on, you know, what what it looked like uh, to buy an 80 unit apartment complex. And so I ran financials, I took it to banks, and I was able to get Um, three apartment deals funded on my own that I ultimately purchased and had ownership in. I want to talk about those three apartment deals a little bit. How nervous were you or, you know, what kind of fear or barriers did you perceive buying three apartment complexes? I know it was a little crazy because it was during the recession. And in 2008, the banks were not lending. Everybody was telling me it's the worst time. And for me, I somewhat felt inspired. I felt, this might sound a little strange, but I, I'm a spiritual. I just felt like God had my back and that the numbers didn't lie if the banks were willing to lend. And so, and I found a Harvard gentleman who had incredible numbers background. He loved the, the numbers on it. So all signs checked, sure. yes. <laughs> And um, so I went with it. Same with playing college golf or doing anything. Uh, when I was when I went to SMU, I went there to get a business degree um, from my German dad. Like well, you need to get a business degree, and um, ultimately I ended up uh, moving in the advertising route. But my point is that in life, what I've seen that I've done the best is really do your research, but. In your gut, is it the right choice? And so with the apartment deals, it was the right choice. And all three got funded and all three closed. And all three were incredible uh, investments. Excellent. And where were those three? What market were those in? They were in Kerrville. Kerrville. Okay, cool. And that was another thing. Uh, I had studied the market 
Um, most of the complexes there were 98% occupied. Um, the, the market was trickling in with growth. I mean, it was not dramatic growth, but it reminded me a lot of Bernie and a lot of those other areas that they benefited from the growth of the bigger cities. And sure enough, I mean, I increased rents 120 to 130 per unit immediately and did very cosmetic improvements and took an investment that was at 2.3 million to immediately 3 million on one deal and on and on. And just, it gave me the confidence in my own business because this was right when I started my own business. I thought, wow, if I am able to put together these small deals, what else is there in this commercial real estate world? Yeah, that's amazing. Holy cow. You said up to $130 a door? Yes. Increased rents? Mm -hmm. That's huge. By the way, you know, I didn't have any money. So to get ownership and to be able to achieve what we had planned out in the performa uh, was an incredible confidence booster because I was still a young, scared entrepreneur. I mean, you you plan for these things, but I mean, you're not 100% sure that it's all going to work out as planned. And so I, it helped my confidence for my business. It helped my confidence, most importantly, with my partners. And uh, they're like, okay, Amber, now do the incredible again. And and that's kind of where it, it continued to grow. Awesome. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Okay. So talk to our listeners a little bit about Brooks. What is Brooks and, and, and what do you do at Brooks? Yeah, I have one of the coolest jobs. I get to do um, what I've always dreamed of as a little girl. I am running the real estate activities day-to-day for Brooks the leasing, the sales, and basically putting together structures so companies move to San Antonio. And growing up in San Antonio, this is special to my heart because I lived in Dallas and London and other places, and people would always say, why do you want to live in San Antonio? Like, you could live anywhere. Why would you do that? Um, In a negative tone. And the opportunity to get to bring companies that are high-wage and that improve the community is really my day-to-day responsibility at Brooks. But I also get to use my brokerage and development skills and bringing the right mix of com- uh, companies like uh, the Adelmans or the, um, uh, more recently, we've worked with NRP quite a bit. But bringing the right types of uh, multifamily or mixed-use concepts that will attract those companies because ultimately our goal is to bring jobs at Brooks. We're an economic development engine. But the more that we build out the full mixed-use community, which is our strategy in in bringing those employers, uh, it all kind of comes together. And so my day-to-day is fantastic because I get to meet with all different types of groups of people from manufacturing companies uh, to uh, really cool retail entertainment concepts that will activate uh, the 1,300 acres that we manage. Yeah, no, that's amazing. So yeah, it's 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 really cool. It's challenging though, because there's still stigmas around. Well, why would we go there if you live in Austin and you're a developer in Austin or Dallas or other places, and you're looking purely on a data play? Brooks is just not going to look good. It's not going to look like there's uh, money uh, for disposable income 
for people to actually keep the retail activated or for people to rent those apartments. But every product that we put on the ground for multifamily, the rents have exceeded expectations. In terms of retail, they have surpassed expectations. In terms of Whataburger, it's one of the top three stores in Texas. Uh, James Avery, we're told, is one of the top stores. On and on, if, if you actually see the retail data, it's fantastic. But um, it, it's a challenge in that sense. But we've been able to overcome it by finding the right partners that have seen it in other markets and they're willing to take the risk. Concerning San Antonio, you know, how have you seen San Antonio change over the years in terms of developments and uh, the appetite for new construction and, and just growth here in the area? Yeah, it's it's been phenomenal. I think one of the special decisions that was made and I don't know exactly who was behind it, if it was the city. But I think Mission Reach was a dramatic game changer for San Antonio. Once people could start getting outside, walking with their families, and it wasn't just going to the bars. I mean, growing up here, the thing to do was eating. And yeah, you know, I love food. Uh, but getting outside, creating spaces to activate and bring people together, like the Pearl, has been um, fantastic for the city. And where I see things going is more and more in that walkability, creating more affordable apartments where you can keep the young people that have jobs. Um, But I think a big responsibility that the city has is to continue to bring good jobs, Uh, keeping people like you and I and and a lot of uh, talent uh, local because it's still a challenge uh, in terms of good jobs uh, for um, those young people as they start moving up the ranks. We won't be able to sustain the growth of just people coming here from up north and just the natural factors of why people come to Texas. I think that's a whole nother factor. Um, I mean, I started uh, dabbling in residential real estate when I started my company, First Texan, in the past. And I had a good pulse of why people were coming to San Antonio from that experience. And no matter what, if someone has a tough time in their life and they have to, you know, leave their big mansion in California, this is a great place to have a new start. And so San Antonio is also great for that, too, where, you know, it brings a lot of money from other places where people can start their own business and and have a low cost of living. Absolutely. I think that's one of the key factors too. I saw recently San Antonio's, uh, or I'm sorry, it was Texas. Texas's net population growth, I think was right around 370,000 people while California's net population growth was like 50,000 people. I know. So it's interesting to see where, you know, these large groups of people are are moving. I I heard a stat more recently by Jenna Salcedo Mm -hmm. with the San Antonio EDF. I thought this was interesting. I mean, we talk a lot about San Antonio and Austin, that we only lost net 400 and something people to Austin last year, something very small. And more and more people or indicators are showing that more people are moving here. Obviously, the cost difference. But I think that that's also a factor that as these other great cities, not taking anything away from them, 
are growing and maybe having issues retaining talent due to costs, um, San Antonio benefits from that also. And we're a great city too. Yeah, absolutely. In kind of your words, what do you think is most important with growing your business? What do you, what do you, what kind of key points do you think someone should focus most on in order to grow and scale? So I've made a lot of mistakes in this area and done a lot of great things. And so I, I like this question uh, because I've, I've thought about it quite a bit. I think one of the most important things in growing your business is caring about your people really caring and that's not for everybody like if you if you want to have your own business or if you want to really be successful you have to care and and so when i was really building up first texan and really growing that and working in the role here at brooks you have to look at what makes sense for the investor you have to make sense of what makes sense for brooks and you really have to put the puzzle pieces together and take it to the end. If you go in with a mindset that you're gonna get the best out of the deal and you're gonna cut people's throat in the process and this and that, um, yeah, you might get a couple deals, but that's not gonna be great for the long-term success of, of the company and for your reputation in doing deals moving forward. And so it, it really is um, caring. You gotta care and you gotta really I would say another thing is you have to be an expert in your field. You have to know the nitty gritty of each community, um, what is missing from the market, and and you have to be a problem solver. So those are the, I would say those are kind of the top three things. All right, so you mentioned golf. Uh, what do you do for fun outside of uh, your hard charging work life? So yeah, I, I love golf uh, for what it has done for me. Um, I'm the oldest of four, and so obviously to be able to play in college uh, at SMU, which is extremely expensive, was helpful. Um, but I also think that one-on-one -on -one time that you get to spend with others is great, and you get to see the nature. But I, I would say if the things that I enjoy the most, I love hiking. And I like hard hikes, like 30-mile, suffer, uh, because when you get to the top, it's the most fantastic feeling and, and sense of accomplishment. I love that. Um, Where would you say your favorite hike has been? Is there one that sticks out? Yes. I fell in love with Taos mm, and yep. Santa Fe. Yep. Uh, I New love, Mexico, yeah. Yeah. And if you go at the right time of year, it's nice, brisk, cool, and the hike doesn't feel like a hike. It just feels energizing. And um, and then eating some fantastic food afterwards, because uh, I'm a foodie, uh, it is one of the most perfect weekends you could you could give give me. But I'm also huge on going to the beach. I love the water. Just seeing the water calms me, relaxes me. Um, so I'm more of an outdoors wildernessy. Um, and don't misunderstand. I am not wildernessy like camping, but just trees, nature, view. Well, that's cool. D did you spend a lot of time in New Mexico, or? You know, I I plan trips there with my husband or family, kind of as an escape, because um, I noticed that we're so busy in real estate with our phones, and you know, 
it's a great way to disconnect and reboot. And, and so towels in that area are, are my favorite. But even if in, in, uh, in a work week I'm having a challenging thought, I'm trying to think through, I might go to Enchanted Rock. Just something to kind of walk, think. I need that quiet time. Absolutely, yeah. An undervalued kind of activity is just getting that quiet time. I often wondered if it was, you know, that I have a city girl on my mom's side and my dad's side's the German side where we always had land and we'd go out to the land. And um, I, I just need that. It's part of me. Absolutely. Uh, we were talking earlier about having a good work-life balance. How, what do you think is most important for you to kind of balance, you know, hard charging at work and coming home and, and being, you know, a great mom? How does that work? Yeah, this is really important to me. And part of the reason that I moved to Brooks, that sense of legacy, what matters. And for me with the kids, they're Jameson and Milana, my, my kids, is, and then my husband, is just those quality moments. It might be bike riding. It might be um, helping them with their homework. I schedule that time, and then some of it is just planned, you know, within the days. But it's necessary. Um, I'm not always great at it. I'm trying to get better at it um, with with not getting distracted. And, and sometimes our phones, again, we can get distracted by a deal that we're trying to finish or or something. So I think planning more of that time, like tomorrow, I'm taking my son on a zoo trip as a chaperone. <laughs> to me, going to the zoo as a chaperone isn't exactly my favorite, <laughs> but being with him will be fantastic. And, he, and, and just seeing his smile. So what advice would you give to some of these parents out here who are kind of trying to get in the game, get started, uh, you know, grow a business or, or get into the real estate game? You know, what, what advice would you have for them? You know, I, more recently, I, I shared this advice, too, is just get started with something. If it's buying a home if it's creating your LLC and starting to tell people about what you're doing, similar to when I started my company, I I knew that I wanted to do real estate, but I didn't know exactly how I was gonna do it. It's, it's okay to not know and have all the answers. Just get going and who knows what will happen. And as you start thinking of ideas and putting yourself out there and letting people know what you're doing. Um, so. I, I think get started is a big part of it. But then, you know, not to be a Debbie Downer about it, but if you want to have your own business, you have to find something you're passionate about and that you're willing to put in the persistence. I think a lot of people might start on the first step and then they don't have the motivation to sustain it. And and I think it's just important to know that that anything that you're going to do, especially your own business, is going to take commitment. It's it's hard work. And I worked far harder on the day-to-day trying to get up a startup. But but it's so fulfilling when you do. Absolutely. And you mentioned just getting started. And, and you know, I've heard that a lot of times because I think it is the most important. You know, just starting a workout program or just starting this or that. 
is the hardest part, just getting the ball in motion. Uh, I know I'm guilty of analysis paralysis a lot. If I don't have all the answers, it's a little bit tough for me to get going. Um, there's there's some saying about this that, you know, some of the best business owners, maybe they weren't the sharpest or there, there's always this joke like, how did that guy do it? And but I but I think to your point is that it's not about doing it perfect. You're going to make mistakes. I think Sarah Blakely, all of these different entrepreneurs talk about failure as part of it and, and growing the most. And, and so getting started and, you know, if you want to get into real estate and get started, maybe buy a home. Start your first rental home. Make some mistakes. My first rental home, I bought the wrong property. <laughs> Basically, I bought a three unit that um, two of the units uh, couldn't be rented separately. So it looked like a three unit, so I could separately rent each unit. But really, it was a single family with three units, so I didn't properly analyze it. I share that with you. I still have that property in my portfolio because it reminds me it was my start. And it's rented and, and everything is good. So it's not about perfection. It's, it's about moving forward. And, and, and who knows? You know, you buy the home and you're buying an apartment complex and it starts that momentum. Because you get interested and you learn. Yeah, I think that's so important just to jump in. Yeah, jump the, in. The pool looks cold. I know it's cold, but I'm not going to dip my toes and I'm going to jump in. You're going to jump in. And yeah. and who knows? And, and at, on a simple level, I mean, I don't know all of the different audience here, but if you are a college student and you right out of college of, and you're going to rent somewhere, maybe you... Find a way to get enough money that, you know, you buy a small, you know, condo and your friend rents one of the rooms and you're paying for it. I mean, my first real estate investment, I bought a little townhome that was a 2121 with a half bath downstairs and my roommate paid my mortgage because she rented out, you know, the, the place for $650 and my mortgage was about 700 so just get started. And before long, um, I was realizing, wow, I'm pretty much living here for free. And this real estate gig is pretty good. Yeah. I know, uh, at least on bigger pockets, they talk a lot about house hacking. Sounds a lot like they have they kind of coined that term, house hacking. You know, buy a duplex or triplex, rent out the other two units or other unit, and they're effectively paying your rent. So you should be living for free. Mm -hmm. If it goes well. So that's perfect. Right. And all the deductions you get off on your tax return, there's so many reasons to just get in the game. And and what I, I shared earlier with you is that I didn't know what I wanted to be in re commercial real estate or real estate. I think you have to try. There's so many ways to make money and there's so many different aspects to, to, to get into. Now I'm in commercial real estate development. And I get to work with companies from all over the world, um, four international companies in the last 30 months coming to Brooks, bringing substantial jobs. It started from renting a little, you know, town home that I bought. I mean, you just don't know where it's going to take you. And but if you don't start and then you then you don't know the full aspect of where you could end up in the field. Yeah, absolutely. 
you know, I've I've talked to a lot of people and and I hear that the kind of phrase like, oh, you're so lucky you met this person. You're so lucky this person, you know, you, you got this experience. Nobody gets lucky sitting on their couch watching Dancing with the Stars. <laughs> I have a saying about this. Opportunity meets preparedness. Mm -hmm. But, you know, understand like when I started, 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 I would rent apartment units to make first month's rent on big owner of complexes, um, anything to get my feet wet. I would go show mobile homes. It didn't matter. I, I would make no money on these deals. But to your point, I would be at those apartments or whatever, and, and someone would come out and say, who got you this job? Or um, who bought you that car? Or, And all along, I was working three jobs. No one knew uh, the commitment that it, it took. But it, but to your point, uh, you know, it, it takes hard work if you really want to do it well, um, but get started. Mm -hmm. Great advice. Absolutely. Get started. All right. Amber, you mentioned uh, or you are a CCIM. Uh, I want to talk about that just a little bit for our listeners. What is CCIM and how has it impacted your career? You know, in 2008, the time period that I tested and I got designated. So those first two years prior, I started looking at the classes. Um, and this was during the time period that I was talking to a lot of brokerage firms. And some of the best were um, recruiting me. And I was excited uh, about commercial real estate and what I wanted to do. And what I thought about with the CCIM designation is not only the analysis classes that we were taking, but also the credibility. So if at the time you had to close 40 million in commercial transactions or 20 million within in order a two to get year the, yeah, to yeah. get the final designation. So you take the classes first? Yes. And then there's a, a volume requirement for transactions, is that right? Correct. And so the classes were, for me, the ability to learn some of the analysis for office buildings, commercial assets, and that was important. But I think, you know, in my 20s at the time when I was getting this designation, um, the credibility was important because people would look at me and they're like, okay, I'm giving you $2 million to buy this asset. Am I crazy? Do you have enough experience truly to, to make this work? And when I said I had the CCI, CCIM designation and when I was showing the banks these analysis and everything was coming together when they would call their UBS advisor and the UBS advisors are like, it's a good deal. I can't say anything bad. I had multiple sources basically verifying my credibility. There, it was more than just the Better Business Bureau rating or, right. <laughs> you know, I had to really prove myself up and that was helpful in doing so. Would I, would I say that that was a major contributing factor? It was helpful in building credibility and it gave me some analysis skills. Sure. Being a woman in commercial real estate, how has that experience been? Do you think there are, I, mean, I guess... You know, talk a little bit about being a woman in commercial real estate. You know, I love this question because I love men and I love women. Like, I love the fact that it's almost like what I was sharing earlier about being in advertising. 
it's it's your brand you're your brand and i like to a certain extent that i'm a little different than the typical commercial realtor not just in i'm not a salesy type that some are i'm not saying all are but being a woman i'm a little different and i have a different personality so i felt like it was a a way to market myself outside the box of the current industry that it currently is. But on top of that, in high school, I played on the men's soccer team. I've always somewhat been in male-dominated uh, areas, and I I felt pretty natural in that. And, and I think it's benefited me greatly being different. Yeah, no, that's great. Mm-hmm. That sets you apart. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, Amber, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show today. If people want to reach out to you, where can they find you? Thank you, Benjamin. Uh, the best way to find me, they can obviously call my cell or they can reach me over at Brooks at Amber at livebrooks.com. And my cell is 210-542-2323. Perfect. And just a selfish plug real quick. Um, I'm looking for a real estate coordinator to join the team. Uh, So if anybody has interest or knows a friend that's looking to get in the commercial real estate field, um, please reach out. I'm looking for the right talent. Perfect. Well, Amber, thanks again for being on the show, and we will see you next time. Yeah, thank you so much. This was a fun conversation. Uh, Thanks for the invite. I look forward to coming back in the future. Absolutely. Thanks. Mm -hmm. All right. There you have it. The interview with Amber Gilbert. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. It was a real pleasure talking with her today. Uh, and as always, head on over to the website at saberpodcast.com. That's S-A-B-R-E podcast.com. All right. And this has been Benjamin Sanders, your host here on the San Antonio Business and Real Estate Podcast. 